0: All right, so after some serious worrying about the Rangers and their chances at a playoff spot and thinking that this whole season uh, might go down the drains and be a waste, they, they win five games in a row, now six of seven to put themselves in prime position to, to finish out this season strong, uh, finish out the final now. Uh, what is eight games left in the season over the next three weeks? And joining me today to talk a little Rangers hockey coming off the big 3-1 win against the Flyers is Kevin Delory of the NYRangersBlog.com. Kevin, how's it going today? Good man. Good. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing well. The Last time we talked, it's been it's been almost a month now. Right before the trade deadline, when we both thought uh, it looked like things were turning in favor of Ryan Callahan uh, getting that extension, or, or at least getting the Rangers close to that extension. Um, things have turned out a little differently. And uh, how are you enjoying the Marty St. Louis era so far?
1: Uh, I wish it would be filled with a couple of more goals, but uh, but uh, you know it, it's going to take a while. I mean, the guy's been with all you know pretty much one organization his entire career. So when you make such a dramatic move such as that, and and the split was a little bit ugly down there, you know it's going to take him a little bit a little bit of time to get acclimated into a new system, new players. So you know he still looks good out there. I mean, you could still you could see he still has that that skill level, and um, so it's, I mean, I'm hoping it's got to be just a matter of time before he breaks through, and you, um, you know, once he gets one, you know, I, I think it'll come in bunches.
0: Well, last year uh, in the playoffs, the way the Rangers struggled early on against the Capitals going in that 2-0 hole, they, they climbed back, they win in seven games. And the entire time, you know, I thought with Rick Nash's production in that series, he only had two assists, no goals against the Capitals, and the Rangers still advanced. And I thought, you know, if they could beat the Capitals and come back the way they did, win a playoff series in seven games and have their best goal scorer, put up no goals, have, have terrible production, I thought, you know, he's going to get due at some point. He's going to come around and get hot and, and possibly carry this team. It never really happened because he only ended up scoring one goal against the Bruins and they lost in five games. but I've sort of turned this theory now into this season with Marty St Louis and you know this guy he he has a you know over a decade sample size now showing us that he's going to score uh, and, and it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time and it just seems like if this this hot streak that I'm that I'm really counting on here comes, it's now going to have to come at the end of the season entering the playoffs and maybe you know maybe we're getting lucky here and it's going to come at the perfect time.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what you got to hope as a Ranger fan. I mean, right now, I mean, the defense is really leading the way for this team. So, you know, St. Louis is being, you know, afforded some time here. As, uh, like you said, they were able to run off, uh, you know, a nice little win streak here. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, after that one nothing loss to the Sharks, I think it was like ten, eleven days ago, whenever it was. I mean, you know, I really think the season was on on the brink right there. I mean, they had these five games staring in front of the, in front of them against teams in the mix. I mean, you had the Blue Jackets and, and Ottawa to a certain extent, the Devils who were fighting for one of the last spots, and and obviously the Flyers last night, and and to run the table. Um I don't wanna say it was unexpected but it was I mean uh it was a real treat for Ranger fans and uh you know I I really think they've been led by the defense. You know, Ryan McDonough is playing, you know, he's like on another stratosphere right now with the way he stepped up. Dan Girardi as well. The two of them have you know, they look like a you know, a top five uh pairing defensive pairing in the NHL right now. You know, King Lundquist is back on top of his game, you know. I think he had to find his way a little bit after the Olympics, but he's back to being, uh, you know, the Hank that we all know and love. And uh, you're getting some a lot of production from the fourth line. I mean, the fourth line is really giving the team a lot of energy and some goals. I mean, you saw last night that they got two goals. And, you know, that line's going where they have Dorset in there, where they have Carcillo in there. So right now it's almost like the team is being carried by McDonough Lunk in the fourth line. So, you know, again, it's given St. Louis a a little bit of extra time, but eventually, you know, he's going to have to come around. They're going to, like you said, in the playoffs last year, he kept waiting for Nash, you know, and and they needed him to step up and he didn't. Eventually, they're going to need for St. Louis to step up and get him some goals.
0: When I look back to the last time we talked, which was uh, March 3rd, so right before the deadline, and, uh, you you know, they're coming off back-to-back losses to the Flyers and Bruins in the same weekend, but before that... Uh, they are playing their best hockey of the season entering the Olympic break. They come back from the Olympics with no one really knowing how they'd how they'd play after that. They beat the Blackhawks and, you know, we're we're flying high thinking that this team has a chance to be a real contender, and then they drop those two games. They drop another one to Toronto. Uh, they, they eventually win back-to-back games once they get St. Louis, and then like you said, those that Carolina and Minnesota losses where they only scored one goal each, um, it sort of dropped us again, so it seems like with the Rangers, it's almost like, it almost has an NFL season feel to it, where every week, you know, you feel differently about this team. I feel like every time we talk, we either, you know, we think, oh, they could be a first-round playoff team and, and lose, they could be a Stanley Cup contender, they might not make it at all, it's just, it's hard to get a real read on who the real Rangers are, and right now, I mean, they're playing as good as they have maybe even better than they did before the olympic break it seems like they're playing their best hockey right now and they're still not getting production from the top lines and it's maybe fooling me into thinking that they could compete with the upper uh, echelon teams like the bruins and the penguins in the playoffs
1: yeah i think a lot of it has to do with just the uh, inconsistency or parity whatever you want to call it in the eastern conference i mean other than the penguins and the bruins i mean i think the rest of the you know, the Eastern Conference is, is almost the same except for the bottom, the very bottom of it. But, you know, any of these teams can get hot at one time or, or fall apart for a week and they're just, the lineups are, you know, a lot of flawed lineups, uh, you know, a lot of inconsistencies, like I said. So, you know, that's sort of where you get with, with the Rangers. They'll play a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, uh, their playoff competitors and, and some of them get down at times and, and you catch them at the right moment. So yeah, it's, it's hard to just gauge, you know, on the Rangers or, or the East in general. I mean, even the Penguins went through a little bit of a stretch there where you're like, wow, are these guys still the, you know, the real Penguins. And to be honest, I mean, I'll, I'm definitely, I definitely think the Rangers can compete. You know, and I'm feeling good after a five game winning streak, but with, with, the, with the Penguins, I think that they don't play as physical of a game that I think could throw the Rangers off. You know, I think that the Rangers can skate with them. You saw last year when the Islanders, um, you know, took it to the Penguins a bit because they were allowed to, to get out there and skate, which is what they did well. Um, so, you know, my, my big, Concern in the playoffs is the Bruins, you know, as everybody else's is, you know, the big bad Bruins. And, you know, the one problem with the Rangers is, you know, they've showed it a little bit more, um, over this, during this winning streak, you know, that they can play a little tougher than, than I thought they could. They had a little more moxie than I thought, um, uh, which is encouraging. And, um, you know, the, the problem they could run into if they do, uh, hopefully meet up with the Bruins at some point in the playoffs is they, I don't think that they could try to out muscle. Um, the Bruins. I think that would be a mistake. I, I think they should stick with what they can. Find a way to to get that out there and skate. Try to get the Bruins to skate with them. Get them tired. Get their big guys tired. I think that that's what the Rangers are going to have to do to to beat the Bruins. I'm getting way ahead of myself now, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, just to go back to your initial question, I, I just think it's an inconsistency with with the Eastern Conference in general has has led to the Rangers' inconsistency as well.
0: Bring up the toughness and uh, how the how the Rangers have looked tougher over the last few games, and, and winning is coming, and maybe it's not, uh, you know, related as much as we'd like to think it is. Maybe it's more of coincidence, but, you know, I like to think that them getting tougher, them dropping the gloves a few times has to do with it. And uh, last week on the podcast, I had David Singer, who's the uh, founder of HockeyFights.com, and I joked with him, I said... You know, if the Rangers want to make the playoffs, some of the, some of these guys are going to have to end up on your website over the next few weeks. And I didn't mean for it for it to be Rick Nash and Matt Zuccarello and guys like that. I was thinking more of the fourth line guys like Dorset and Carcillo. But I do think it helps that this team's getting tougher, standing up for their teammates, um, showing more leadership now that a guy like Callahan's gone. And I, and as much as you know, people say that fighting doesn't really correlate with winning. I think it has had something to do with it because guys like Nash getting fired up or Zuccarello will only make the guys who are supposed to do those things get even more fired.
1: Yeah, and it's more than just, you know, fighting pumps it up. It's like you said, it's who's fighting, what the situation is that they are fighting in. And, uh, yeah, I mean, for the team to um, see Rick Nash, you know, get into a fight must have been, you know, must have given that pen such a lift. And they all said it after the game that they saw him do that, and, and they all got a little spark. It, you know, gave him a little bit of extra energy. And, you know, I'm one of those people who think that fighting does, you know, can change momentum, um, can help a team with chemistry standing up for each other. So you know, earlier, early in the game, the other guy who won that game was Puyat. I mean, you know, you don't expect him to do that. You know, it seemed like you know Columbus came out. They were trying to exert themselves physically, and Puyat said enough. He, he grabbed the guy and just started fighting him. And I really think that settled the Rangers down. Settled. The Blue Jackets down, and they say. Wait, these guys actually might fight back here, um, and and the Rangers are on their way. So yeah, I agree. I mean, this is the time of year you got you have to toughen up. If you don't toughen up at least a little bit, you know, stand up for yourself, fight back, um, at least match some of the toughness of a of a Flyers, of a Blue Jackets, of a Bruins. Um, you're not going to have a chance now. You're not going to win games. You're not going to make that playoff push. And if you are lucky to still get in, you're not going to last long in the playoffs. So. You know, definitely encouraged that some of the guys you wouldn't expect are stepping up their games. You know, you still have, you know, the grinders out there, uh, you know, on the ranges, You know, the fourth line, like I mentioned before, Zuccarello is always going to be in the mix, um, starting stuff with other teams. He's a great guy to have, you know, on your team, keeping the opponent on their toes. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you're going to be loving what the team is doing during a five-game winning streak. But, uh you know, I'm really encouraged by... Uh, it's sort of the team they're evolving into where it's more of a, uh, you know, more of a toughness, work ethic drive, you know, what you need, you know, this time of year to be successful.
0: Well, it took uh, an injury to Chris Kreider that could keep him out for an extended period of time, maybe the rest of the season. We don't really know right now, but uh, it, it took that for Elaine uh, Vigneault to sort of shuffle the lines up, and now you've got St. Louis playing with Nash, playing with Stepan, and I thought all along that St. Louis, the top playmaker, one of the top playmakers in the world, should be playing with one of the elite goal scorers in the world and the, the Rangers' best possible goal scorer. But um, it's finally happened, and now uh, that's the first line. you got: got uh, Stepan centering Nash and St. Louis, and it just seems like through their inconsistency, before this winning streak that, you know, Vigneault, he's always been, you know, a fan of the, the Nash, the Kreider, the step Online. line, even though none of these three guys have really had that good of production this year. It's pretty much been the worst offensive year of Rick Nash's career, even though he was hurt for 17 games or whatever early on. It just seems like he sort of sticks with things for too long, and, and, and I think that's maybe my biggest gripe with him at this point is that, you know, he he doesn't really recognize when it's time to change things up, and it takes something drastic like an injury to do so. Sounds
1: exactly the opposite of John Tortorello last year. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah,
1: you know, he he can stick with things too long. It's actually, I actually give him credit for sticking with the lines. I I haven't really been on him too much for it. I think the other lines were just going so well that he didn't want to mess up when, um, you know, he had Broussard, it was a Pouillard, and and Zuccarello, and they were flying, and the fourth line, obviously, you're not going to change up. So you know, I, I guess he just assumed. Like, let's give Kreider and Nash and Stepan some time to build some chemistry. Um, but the team had was playing so well. I mean, from the end of December, I mean, up until this point, like you said, there were a couple of drops. There, for the most part, though, I mean. They, I think since the end of December, I mean, they're they're between 10 and 15 games over 500. I mean, they've been very good. So, you know, to change everything up and make drastic changes within the lineup, you know, sometimes that's a detriment to the team. I mean, you saw when Zuccarello went out, and, and obviously that was, I think, a big problem. You know, why they started struggling out of the Olympic break is that Vigneault was forced to shuffle the lineup with the Zuccarello injury, with the Callahan trade. I think that, that broke up a lot of the consistency that they had before the Olympic break. So, you know, I, I actually give him credit for keeping the lines together. Um, and I think that, that has led to a lot of success. And, and like I said, after the all-star break where he had to jumble things, which was sort of, be, uh, you know, beyond his control as to why he had to do that, when saw them struggling a little bit. So, you know, maybe with the Cryder injury, you know, he's able to to flip it one last time. You know, I actually liked the lineup last night, getting J T Miller in there who looks in my opinion very comfortable at the NHL level. I really think he can, you know, hang at this level. Uh you know, he's got a complete game. He he actually had two really, you know, hard working plays on two of the goals last night. He had a great four check, uh coming in on the four check on the McDonough goal. Um, so, you know, I like him in the lineup. Obviously, you lose a lot with Kreider being out. I mean, his explosiveness, um, his physical style of play that he plays. He plays a little bit of an edge, which is nice, but you know, I'm still confident in the lineup with J.T. Miller in that. I don't think they lose. I mean, they're different players, but I don't think they lose that much when you put him in there.
0: Well, the other part of the lineup is uh, a guy that I've written about, uh, sort of on the negative side, obviously. You have as well and you're on NY Rangers blog, and that's Anton Stroman, who's looked lost to the point that it's almost unfathomable to think that he can continue to be in an NHL lineup and not get healthy scratched along the way here and uh, you know it takes another injury uh, uh, one of my gripes with video again for a guy to get in the lineup and that's Rafael Diaz who's you know looked so well that you haven't even realized he's out on the ice because he's just doing his job and not messing up, to the point that when Moore comes back, I don't know how you tell Diaz he has to go back up to the press box and keep playing Stroman.
1: Yeah, if nothing else, Diaz has definitely given Vigneault something to think about here. I mean, he's looked real good, real steady defensively on the power play, which which has been a mess lately. It's just a disaster on the power play. He's been one of the uh, lone bright spots. He had a nice shot from the point. Um, in the Flyers game, a sneaky little shot that got through. So, yeah, Stroman is, he's been, you know, he had an up and down season to begin with, but after the, uh, the, uh, Olympic break, he's just been a disaster. Him and Stall, he was bringing stall down. Now that, it's funny, now that Stroman, uh, you, you hope to get away from, uh, I'm sorry, now that, uh, you're getting Strollman away from stall, maybe you'll get him getting better. Because Strowman also, they, the two of them are struggling a bit coming out. Stall is sort of, Gotten his season headed the right way, but Stroman is still giving the puck away too much. Um, you know he's not strong in front of the net. So yeah, you know, once Moore gets back, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing Stroman come out. I see there are a lot of Stroman defenders. It's funny when when the the report came out about Stroman, you know, wanting more than a three million dollar per year <laughs> deal, which I think is completely ludicrous, I always like, oh, he's one of our consistent, most consistent D-men this year. I'm like, really? Uh,
0: I think the I, thing I is, watching- and I think when you realize, it's like there's always, no matter how bad someone is, there always seems to be someone that will back him up and support him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I must be watching different games than, than most of these people, because, uh, you know, he has been, you know, inconsistent at back and like I said, after the, uh, the All-Star break, he's been even worse. I'm not sure what he was doing. Uh, during the break, but his game is definitely falling apart. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of Diaz. Like I said, you know, Stahl was struggling alongside a strongman coming out of the break as well, but he's right at his game. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a little diaz uh, stall put together. That, that wouldn't be a bad idea.
0: And also on the D there now, I've been hard on him pretty much forever, at least going back to the last postseason, is Dan Girardi. And he's actually seems to have picked his game up. He's still doing, you know, his drop to the ice and do a snow angel in front of the net to try to prevent odd man rushes and, uh, you know, loose pucks in the slot. But for the most part, I mean, that, that pairing, maybe it's just McDonough, you know, elevating Girardi's game because McDonough's playing so well. But I'd have to say that Girardi has also been playing pretty well.
1: Yeah, he's he's really turned his season around. I mean, there was so much talk in the beginning of the year when he was struggling so mightily um, in Vigno's new system. You know, was Girardi's success, a, you know, just a byproduct of Tortorella's shot-blocking system, um, you know, uh, Where the Rangers going to sign him to an extension or trade him and you know now you're looking at him like I mentioned before him along with McDonough whether it's McDonough stepping up his game which makes Ferrari look better whatever it might be um, you know the two of them along, alongside each other really stepped up their game Um and, and it's showing on the ice with the Rangers with victories like, you know we're not seeing that much more goal scoring from the Rangers during this friendship it's been defense I mean since again I, I keep Going back to the to the end of December, that's really when I felt this team started to click, and it was because of the defense. You know, once they really committed themselves uh, on the defensive end, uh, that's really that's when the season turned around. Early in the year, it was blown assignments left and right. You know, not very not playing very tough defense, allowing um, offenses to come and go, uh, untouched, gating circles around them, but. Um, they really toughened up here and 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 now you're you're seeing a, a lot more wins and, and that's why they've gotten to the second place in the Metro in the metro division
0: and i hate to harp on strawman and you know bash him too much even though it's sort of you know the thing to do these days but it's almost like he's gotten into the michael delzato zone here who's you know now becoming a healthy scratch for Nashville so i guess we're not really missing out uh, much on not having him on the team anymore but it's 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 in that zone because strawman he's not the offensive player that some people thought he would turn into be and he's Certainly not a defensive defenseman, so it's sort of like, what are you? Because most of the time he's just turning the puck over in his own zone or making you know, terrible decisions in the neutral zone with the puck. So I'm not really sure what he is or, or what he's supposed to be at this point, and I think that's the biggest problem because Diaz has shown at least that he's capable of being a defensive defenseman.
1: Well, he throws nice hip checks, so that easy. <laughs> He's got that going for him, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, you hit it on the on the head there. I mean, yes, an offensive defenseman who doesn't score. I mean, that, you know, that's that's another argument again when when it went back to the whole contracting that he was turning down three million. I was like, yeah, but but he's an offensive defenseman. I'm like he has one goal this year, or maybe no goals this year. I think he has one. Yeah, one. I'm like how is? Yeah, I'm like, how is he an offensive defenseman? It's like, well, he has potential. I'm like, potential for what? You know, <laughs> and so- the crazy
0: thing is, he's only he's only uh, played he's played in every game but one, so it's not like he's you know getting limited time either.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, I mean. I, I don't know what he offers at this point, you know, that's worth keeping him in or, or at least not giving Diaz a shot for a couple more games. I mean, the jury's still out on Diaz too. I mean, he's only played three games. So, you know, if you give him, you know, a bigger role, you know, maybe he can't handle it either. But, uh, I, I think Diaz has earned a little bit, a little bit more time and I think Strowman has earned some time in, in the press box. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to, uh, Uh, a move like that once more is healthy. It
0: seems like coming down the stretch here, and and certainly once uh, the postseason starts, uh, you know, as long as the Rangers can get what it seems to be like six more points will do the job here, um, it's going to come down to uh, a few lineup spots on that fourth line, and I know you're a big supporter of having a car bomb Carcillo in there over Dorset, (laughs) but now the way Dorset's been playing lately, is he going to be the one getting the nod, and Carcillo's going to be the guy watching uh, from the press box?
1: I think so. I mean, I I do. I like... Carcillo, I sort of like having a guy like that out there, you know, sort of a crazy guy. You're not, you're not sure what he's going to do, and, <laughs> and I think that, you know, I think that's good, you know, for the other team not to be sure where they have to keep an eye on him. I don't think other teams necessarily keep an eye out for Dorsett the way they would for Carcillo, but come playoff time, I don't think you know Carcillo's uh, antics. Although he hasn't really had, he hasn't yeah, really
0: exactly. no, gone hasn't.
1: too crazy. He's actually been more conservative than I anticipated, but I think that Dorsett is probably better for the playoffs because he can chip in some offense. I I, I think he's just a better all around player. Um, so I think Dorsett will probably get uh the bulk of the playing time once the players come around, unless, you know, he reverts back to where he was taking um, careless penalties, which was a problem earlier in the year with Dorsett, but it seems as though he's cleaned that up now. I mean, obviously, you know, it, in my opinion, he had his best game of the season, you know, against the Flyers. So, uh, I think Vigneault really likes him more than Carcillo as well. So, I think Dorset ends up being the guy who who's, uh, stays on that fourth line.
0: Well, that's the thing with Carcillo is, like you said, he he is the guy who's crazy, and you never know if he's just going to you know, have a great shift and, and create some scoring chances or if he's going to you know, run someone from behind 10 feet away from the boards. But he hasn't really done that, and Dorsa is the guy that's been taking an untimely penalty, and, and certainly that's shifted now that he scored a goal last night, and it was a huge goal in uh, getting the Rangers on their way to a win. But if the Rangers do reach the postseason in their, in their current status as the two seed in the Metro, or if they drop to three, they're going to end up probably playing the Flyers. And it almost seems like you'd want Carcillo in there against his old team in that situation, even uh, you know to balance off Ronaldo.
1: Yeah, I, it, it's very true. I, I think it will depend on how the series goes. I mean, I, I was shocked at the Flyer team we saw Um, last night. They weren't as aggressive and and physical as I I anticipated. I thought they would come out flying and set the tone physically. They were sort of talking that up before the game. Uh, Baruby was saying, we want to be physical. And Simmons said, we're going to show them what flyer hockey is about or whatever the heck he said. (laughs) And uh, they really, I mean, they came out, you know, they came out a little bit better than the Rangers. and, And Lundquist, you know, had some real key saves really in that game. Um, but after that, they really slowed down. I, I was expecting a lot more from them. So who knows what happens in the playoffs? You know, maybe you don't need, uh, Carcillo as much as you think. And, you know, there's been times, and as much as I, I am a fan of Carcillo, you know, there have been times where I thought he, he, he had a spot to fight where he, and pick up the team where he didn't. So he's been a bit of disappointment on that end as well. I've seen him do the the Sean Avery sort of turtle and, you know, start a fight and back down type, uh, type move. So, uh, he's been a little disappointing on that end sometimes as well. So, uh, I think that Dorsett may get. The, the st- start initially, but if the series may get out of control, where the Flyers are taking runs and and maybe Dorsett isn't isn't stepping up to the plate, then they go to Carcillo. But I, I think Dorsett is the first option.
0: And I've been saying uh, at least the last few weeks that I don't want a Rangers Flyer series. At this point, I need it because I just feel like it will be that you know intriguing of a series. <laughs> I feel like it will just be an absolute gong show, or at least it has the potential to get to that point. Are you all uh, you know? Are you all in on a potential Rangers Flyer series as well?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, the Rangers and Flyers haven't played in the playoffs since 97. So, you know, I'm definitely B Jones in for, for that series. Absolutely. I think the Flyers would pose, a, you know, obviously a bigger problem for the Rangers because of their, their physical nature. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if the Rangers can, you know, again, they, they've looked good this last week or so, but, but can they take it to the next level in the playoffs? I'm still not. 100% convinced about it, but that would be an insane series. I think it would be very similar to the, the series a couple of years ago with the Flyers and Penguins where it was just, like, insane, where there was just fights and goals and, you know, it was just mayhem. And I, I think that a series between the the, uh, the Rangers and Flyers would, would be very similar. It would be... I really must watch TV, I, I would think, for sure.
0: Now, Henrik, Henrik Lundqvist has played the last... Uh, seven games going back to uh, to the win against Winnipeg on March 14th, and uh, in that time, you know he he's got the the wins record, he got the shutout record. He seems like he looks like the Henrik Lundqvist we saw all of the the 2011 12 season. Uh, at this point, unless they clinch a playoff spot, you know before the last game of the season, you know is Cam Talbot sitting on the bench for the rest of the year at this point?
1: Yeah, he better get comfortable over there.
0: <laughs> set
1: up a little bar at the end of the uh bench for himself. Yeah. I mean it's really you know, I wanted to see Talbot get about, you know, twenty five games this year. But you can't go to him at this point. You know, I, I he's been great. He has, and I think if they did go to him in one of these games I think he'd he'd perform great and and they would probably win. But you really can't take that chance. Especially very Lunquist is in the zone right now. These points are too precious. Um, you know, this is why you have Henrik Lundquist on your team. You know, because he can win you these games. He can take, put you on his back, and you know, and get you into the playoffs. You know, the problem has been obviously once he gets you there, he's usually overworked. But again, you know, he's your man. You just you know extended him for the next eight years. You know, uh, you're gonna ride him, and and it's his time to shine. You know, he's that's the one knock on him. He obviously had the one run in in 2011. 12 but you know he's had a lot of playoff failure unfortunately for a goalie as good as he has and yeah you could look at the offenses that have played in front of him but you know he's been outplayed by by the opponent's goalies in a number of series in the playoffs so you know i like to see him come out this year you know if it is the flyers you know where i think they'll have a huge they always have a huge advantage in goals over the Flyers. mason has been good but he's not I don't think he's as good as he's been showing. He'll, I think the Rangers would have a huge advantage there. And you know, I think it's time for him to, uh, you know, once they get in, truly for the first time, put the team on his back and and get him to, and get them to the Stanley Cup Finals.
0: With Lunk was being overworked in the past. Uh, entering the season, Vigneault said that he, you know he had looked in the past at the the most recent Stanley Cup winners and how many uh, games their starting goalies had started throughout the season, which you know is a nice thing to do, but it has no relevance to, to really anything in any team because it's not like you're going to compare a lesser goalie like Crawford or Fleury to what Lundqvist is capable of, but he wanted to only get him 60 starts, it seemed like. And I think that was his biggest mistake, uh, you know, was, was relying on this Rangers team, thinking that either the team would be better than it is or that they would wrap things up way earlier than they did because... Who are who is he to trust the New York Rangers to say I'm only going to give my you know my guy 60 of the 82 starts thinking that you know things would go so smoothly so I think that might have been the biggest mistake all along was preaching that he would set this number for Lunquist and stick to it because all along we knew you know this was going to happen at some point where Lunquist was probably going to have to start you know 15 games in a row
1: yeah yeah you know anybody's playing in the beginning of the year, I'm sure for any of the coaches sort of go out the window, especially when you start the season the way the Rangers did, I and mean, because it was such a, a mess, you know going out west and 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 you know everyone getting used to each other and um so the season definitely didn't start, I'm assuming the way Vigneault did it put him behind the eight ball um where he probably had to use Lundqvist you know uh, more than he wanted to and and obviously now they're just finally um you know starting to pull away here um and and you need to use him probably more than he had expected i mean if they you know were playing 500 hockey you know early on they they would be able to you know, get half some games here. They probably would be close to clinching or maybe have clinched already. Um, you know, that's how bad they were early on. So, yeah, you know, you, you set up a plan. You hope it goes the way it does. You know, it didn't. They struggled early. And, and you know, I guess these are the consequences. But, eh, listen, you got Lundqvist in there. That, that that's, not much, that's not that bad of a
0: consequence. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Well, we talked about the Lundqvist extension. We weren't exactly on about that. The Callahan possible extension trade. We missed on that one, too. So uh, here we are. We're, we're hoping the Rangers finish this up within the next eight games. Hopefully it doesn't come down to, you know, Game 82 like it did a few years ago. Um, hopefully Marty St. Louis becomes the Marty St. Louis they traded for. And uh, hopefully the next time we talk, we're, we're talking uh, Rangers-Flyers playoff series rather than what uh, disaster happened over the last eight games. Yeah, I'm not going to make any
1: any bold predictions here <laughs> about, you know, definitely getting in the playoffs and getting to the Stanley Cup. But instead I'll just say they'll miss the play- playoffs and they're not <laughs> gonna win the
0: Stanley Cup. So <laughs> All right, Kevin. Thanks again.
1: All right, buddy. Thanks.